0: Well, welcome back to Diverse Joy, a podcast where two so-called experts bring joy back into the conversations around diversity. I'm here with my amazing and fun glasses, spectacular host, Dr. Will Cox.
1: And I'm here with my beautiful, voluptuous, big, beautiful woman co-host, Dr. Amber Nelson. That's right. And if you're wondering why I'm emphasizing her body, which is not normally something I would recommend you doing uh, without someone's consent or Mm -hmm. an understanding, uh, as we're going to get into it, today's uh, topic will be weight bias. Yeah. Uh, But before we get there, let me share some of my joy. Yeah, what's bringing you joy? So, uh, this time of year, uh, in my, my, uh, hometown, I, I wasn't raised here, but I consider it my hometown now, Madison, Wisconsin. Um, there, uh, is a, an event that goes on every couple of weeks for about uh, a month and a half during, during February and January. Uh, and it's called Camp Bingo. It's. It's a drag bingo event that is a fundraiser for the AIDS Resource Center of Wisconsin. That's awesome. Um, and for each bingo session, they have a theme. So mm-hmm. it's kind of like kind of like a theme party. They had one that was like under the sea. Mm-hmm. Uh, one year they did the, a theme around the movie Clue, and I dressed up as Miss White's. which if you know uh, that movie and that character, uh, she has this great scene where she's talking about this rage <laughs> filling her up that led her to murder, and she's like, fire, fire flames on the side of my face, and so I made a costume where I had flames on the side oh, of my face. Uh, so great! In the video version of the podcast, we'll stick a picture up. Yeah. And then, of course, one year was Star Wars. Oh. Bingo! It's
0: not like you have anything. No, no.
1: no. And um, not only did I attend, <laughs> I won the costume uh, of course contest. You did. Of course, of course, you
0: did. With my
1: maximal <laughs> uh-huh. uh, cosplay costume, dressed up as as Ahsoka Tano, who's a uh, female character in Star Wars, but I did mm. gender. Swap. so I have a cosplay where I'm a male version of of her because she's she's like my favorite Star Wars character. That's
0: so cool. But
1: it's always fun, you know. I mean, my friends go, uh, have some drinks, play some bingo, mm-hmm. and it's all for a good cause. And it's just an all around fun time where uh, a lot of the gay community in Madison comes together for it. Um, and it always brings me joy, which I is what I'm talking that.
0: about.
1: So what so about fun. you, Amber? What is bringing you joy right now? <laughs> That's
0: so great. Um, well this just reminds me of um, it's, it's something I haven't done in a while but we used to do um, interactive movies and so you'd go dressed up and we'd have like this this really great time kind of interacting with the movie we had a host and they would kind of call things out during the movie it was so much fun so the camp um, camping go kind of reminded me of that but this is our, our Valentine's Day episode or kind yeah. of like February, February Valentine's yeah. theme um, and And my favorite thing, it's a little like (laughs) abstract, maybe the thing that brings me joy, but. Is the second day, third day after Valentine's Day, (laughs) 70, 80% off candy at like the drugstores specifically. Um, like Walgreens, CVS, they always have the best deals. And so I always like to wait like the day after Valentine's Day to get all of the candy. And I stock up for like my office because I love having candy and things on hand for my students and myself to snack on i (laughs) usually buy valentine's day gifts for everybody like Uh the day or two days after and like get everybody chocolates and like all of the like wild about you little like stuffed animals and things and it just i just love it and like my local walgreens like knows that this is my thing and they're (laughs) like amber like we still have some really good stuff i'm like yes and I have to get there like the just the right time where it's like 70 or 80% off while it still has good selection um so that's like one of my favorite things to do this time (laughs) of year is get the cheap candy
1: (laughs) i can definitely see the inner leslie nope coming out (laughs) yes 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 exactly like
0: get it all give everybody little valentine's day gifts and if i do it like the day after then i get it on the low low so so much fun (laughs) yes it's so fun it's thrifty and all of the things so Wonderful.
1: Yeah. All right. So today's topic, uh, we're going to be talking about weight bias Mm. uh, and take it away. What do you have? What would you like to say about it?
0: Well, I think I am really glad that we're just having the conversation because, um I mean, weight bias, size bias—I think—is a really big thing that doesn't really get talked huh, is that about. a pun? It's the big thing. It's a big thing. <laughs> a big thing. Um, and uh, you know, on, on, on a lot of ways, though, it can go both ends of the uh, of the spectrum to oh, like bias towards, you know, folks that occupy smaller bodies too, and then um, those that occupy larger bodies. And I think. Um, there's there are lots of terms right um yeah. around those who occupy larger bodies and I think that within the community we're really trying to, we're reclaiming the word fat right like right. identifying self-identifying as fat like there doesn't have to be any value judgment value on the word fat it's just descriptive right it's just yep. is just like saying my shoes are black and the re- <laughs> my dress is red clouds are fluffy right it's just a statement of fact um, and that we don't have to play Place values on it, and that really, when we talk about weight and size, it's this this social con, um, um, perception and constructs that we put on it, and the values that we place on what somebody's size is and what they look like. Um, yeah, and,
1: well, and with the the kind of reclaiming of the word "fat" yeah. as as just you know the kind of conversation that always makes me think of is when someone's saying, you know, oh, I'm fat, and then the mm-hmm. other person says, but you're so pretty. But
0: you Right. But and both- it's like,
1: uh, I didn't say. Right. I, <laughs> I didn't, didn't say, say it I wasn't, wasn't pretty. pretty. I said I was fat. Right.
0: I said I was fat. Like, does... Both things can exist at the same (laughs) time, right? Like, I'm pretty and I'm fat. Like, there's nothing wrong with that, right? Like, and it's not, we don't have to try to dismiss it or say, like, equate it to something, right? Like, my size isn't, it doesn't have anything to do with you know, how pretty I am or how professional I am or Mm -hmm. anything like that. Um, And I think, you know, one of the studies that I did with one of my students, we called it the fat tax. Um, And we were really looking at self-perceptions of fat individuals, professionals specifically. Um, And so we were looking at how does um, others' perceptions of them Um, of us impact how we understand ourself and our own self-worth, sense of shame and things like that. And a lot of the things that we found that came up um, were that often feeling overlooked, um, underappreciated, not getting getting promotions, um, feeling like um, people think of them as less professional um, and less competent. Um, And and it comes in lots of forms, but feeling like I didn't get this promotion because they thought that I was fat. Um, And there are definitely certain industries that tend to have more fat phobia than other industries do. um, And we see that come up so much more. Um, But not only is that coming in the form of like professionalism, professional opportunities and things like that. But we also see this weight and size bias in the ways in which our world is constructed too, right? And our opportunities going, um, you know, I was talking to my students the other day about just bias in general, different types of bias, And, um, and even my own privilege, right? That... I There are a lot of things that I have a lot of privilege on, and uh, but one of the things that I think about all the time, when I leave my house, if I'm going anywhere, the first thing that I think through my mind is like, am I going to fit? Am I going to oh. fit in the chair? Am I going, is there going to be something um, that is going to be comfortable enough for me? You know, we have like an auditorium and it's got the stadium seating and I'm like, meh are these (laughs) is this booty gonna fit in the chair (laughs) am i gonna be falling over flying right having to get like i have to get a belt extender most of the time not all of the time but even then like i'm always like trying to like think skinny thoughts and like try not to be a you know intruding on other people's space and um but that's one that is the because the, the environment isn't set to accommodate people that are outside of whatever the ideal is uh, which is bonkers because the, the average woman in the United States is a size between a size 16 and 18, which is considered plus size. Yeah. But our world is not made for people that yeah. are plus size. Those should
1: just be the size. And then the really small ones should be the minus size right, or something, right? Because right? they're less know, than average. Yeah.
0: <laughs> and and things, things are changing in when it comes to accessibility of like clothing and things like that. Um And to call out my own, uh, again, privilege, is that um, I'm what some folks would call Lane Bryant fat, right? And so um, Lindy West is somebody who uses that term a lot, and there are others who use that term. But really what that means is that most plus-size clothing stores – Carry my size. I'm a size 22, 22, 24, um, sometimes down to a 20, but that's like a rare occasion. <laughs> um, and so that's like right in the middle of the plus size kind of um range. spectrum yeah. range. Yeah, it's usually 14 or 76, 14 or 16 to about a 28. Um, and so I'm right in the middle of that. And so I have the privilege of going into at least a plus size store like Lane Bryant and being able to find something for myself. We're also seeing a lot of stores like Old Navy and other brands that are being size inclusive. And I will just never forget um, when I went into Old Navy for the first time after they started their Everybody um, uh, campaign. And I actually was really overwhelmed because it was the first time I went into a store, um, like a quote unquote normal size, straight size store. And I looked around and I was like, I can get anything here oh, like wow. there's going I it they will make it in my size um, like I said it was a little overwhelming actually <laughs> at first and it took me a while I didn't I don't even know that I left with anything that day because it was it was a lot to take choice in. paralysis yeah it was a lot to take in it was incredibly exciting and also i just wasn't used to it. i'm used to having a very small section in the back of the store that's like you know a very small little select <laughs> pieces that come go up into my size and so there are changes there are changes that are happening but um overall it's still again the world is still not made for us environmentally. Seats are not made for us. Um, Spaces, I'll never forget a time that we went to a, um, we were actually on a cruise with my family and we went to one of the shows on on board. And, you know, most of my family is um, occupy larger bodies. We're all big folks. I'm black and Italian. So I'm like, <laughs> <laughs> I, I won the genetic lottery for, Best you know, foodie. all the juicy, <laughs> all the juiciness. <laughs> um, and so we, we went to this, To the theater and we sat down and they had arms, which anytime that there's arms, it's always something that is concerning. And it's always
1: a a choice of maximum width. Right. Like just mathematically. Exactly.
0: Exactly. And we were sitting there and the chair was broke. And it was like, it Mm. it was theater seating. So it wasn't even like a standalone chair. It was like the sides of the chair just kind of like busted off um and it was just so embarrassing and um and so i just think about that again when it comes to our environment is just not made for us and not only like things like seats and Things like that, but also weight limits, like activities, things like that. Like I've always wanted to do the like, um, you know, where you go and they do the faux skydiving thing, you know, and like you go in there and it's like the air pushes up. You know what I'm talking about? I'm looking at the producer, right? Like, do you know what I'm talking about? Like I fly, I fly. I think that's what it's called. Oh. and like you go and you put the jumpsuit on and then like just oh, look, and you're like okay. in a wind tunnel. Yeah, you're like in a wind tunnel. You're like, fly, right? And I was like, that's the closest thing that I would get to, to like skydiving, because I don't think I'm going (laughs) to go actual skydiving. Um, But there's a weight limit, right? Like there's a size limit to things like that. There's a size limit. Even like some of my, (laughs) the things that I love to do the most, which is like going to Disney, right? I love Disney. I am a Disney adult. um, And even going to Disneyland, um, well- they are probably one of the most accommodating spaces. They do a really good job overall. There are a lot of rides that you can ride. Um, and there are still ones that I can't fit, right? Oh. And that is hard. And it's those times that you, as a fat person, recognizing, like, I—the world was not made. I was going to say, I'm not made for this world, like, this space in the world. But it's the other way around. Like, this, these spaces— are created not with me in mind, which means that I feel it's very easy to feel um, ostracized, isolated, left out, and not thought of. Um, And it really, I think, ends up putting folks uh, fat-bodied folks into positions where they don't do as much and then we have these perceptions of people um like the movie the whale which got a lot of really great acclaim and I didn't I didn't see it um however I have there are a lot of folks that that talked about like this is like a, a skinny person's perception of a fat person right oh, which is that I haven't
1: seen any it yeah
0: it's that you know fat people just kind of sit in the home and they eat and they binge and they don't do anything but like self-loathe and that's really not the case and also the world isn't set up for us to be able to go out and do all of the things that we want to either and so um anyway yeah there's a, just there's so many spaces where that bias comes out and the fat phobia even in industries and our organizations and professions that um make it hard for us even to move up in the world we even see it in um what what's promoted right like politicians um even those that are overweight or fat have lower ratings than others um that we see a very specific, ideal of what is competent, what is beautiful, what is professional. And anytime that we often see fat characters, even in media or in other spaces, they are the comedic sidekick. They are... Sassy best friend. They're sassy best friends. They are the comic relief. They, or they're the villain or they're, you know, they're there for the sake of kind of dismissing the, They're dismissed, right? And they're rarely, really, very rarely ever the the main character. The the narratives, you know, make a character fat
1: because they don't want it to be a potential that, you know, the the male love interest might go for the fat friend. So it's fat because it's like, well, obviously, obviously that doesn't create that complication in the plot of the movie where we just want his attention to be on the one female character. Exactly,
0: exactly. Which then, just like when it comes to, like, internalized, other internalized biases, like anti-blackness or anything else of internalized um, perceptions, um, we see the same thing for for fat folks too right so long did i you know i just didn't date i wouldn't go out because mm. i'm like well i'm fat when i get th- when i lose weight then then somebody will find me attractive like i was like I i'm i'm ugly like i'm cute and i'm you know charming all, all
1: our video watchers know how <laughs> adorbs <laughs> and sexy and the beautiful you are
0: thank you uh, but like for the longest time Like that, none of that mattered. And I never even like would internalize those things um, because I was fat. And so if I'm fat, then none of those other qualities can also exist. Um, and so again, we see this in so many spaces and all of that, but also in healthcare and how we're Mm. taking care of ourselves and what's expected of us as well.
1: Awesome. Well, uh um, the mentioning healthcare actually is making me think of uh, the stories I know you want to share, which yeah. relate to that. But I think you had a book to recommend. Oh, uh, yes! During this section, because we try to keep our recommendation at the end to be that joyful thing. But yeah. this book is is maybe more thoughtful and yes. and about a bit about doing work, which yeah. also important. Yes, just not what we end on. <laughs> right, right, right.
0: There's so many things, but the so. book is called "The Body Is Not an Apology" by Sonia Renee Taylor. I have read it over several times. Um, and she, it is not just about weight and size bias, but really taking the idea of, um, what is body cuz we have this movement around body acceptance and things like that body positivity which are all good but what she really talks about is radical self love oh. um and this idea that like it's not just like accepting my body but it's it's looking at beyond weight it's looking at ability it's looking at different things and recognizing that our systems are the ones that are flawed that are giving us these messages that make us want to hate our body um that make us want to not be in love with ourselves and our body and so she talks about this idea of radical love um and it's it's um i'm gonna probably pull up a couple of quotes when we when we talk about some some things moving forward but um straight from this book she's she's incredible um and so definitely recommend reading that she's got a workbook that goes along with it um and it is it is uh revolutionary (laughs) you know it's really transformative it's probably um and glennon doyle has a podcast um called we can do hard things and she interviews her and one of the things she says is like you know the cover is uh, as sonia renee taylor who is also a fat black woman and she's like Naked on the the cover, she's got like some, you know, strategically placed flowers and things like that, but really allowing her whole body to be on display without shame, without feeling like you need to cover it up. And Glenn Doyle just talks about like, I am just confronted by, by this image, not because of you or your body, but the The beauty of how much you own and love yourself, and how much what that what does it mean for me to to do that?
1: Well, and w- without me having read the book yet, yeah. uh, from the sound of it, like all those messages and this idea of radical self love, yeah, sounds like it would be a positive thing for many people, regardless absolutely. of uh, their relationship with their body, absolutely. Uh, other aspects of yourself and loving yourself, right? If this kind of philosophy might help with that as well,
0: absolutely, oh. absolutely, yeah. All right. Well,
1: it's been great. Mm -hmm. Uh, We're going to go to a break now, take a a little rest, then we'll come back with some story time. Awesome. Uh, Thanks, everyone. And we'll be back in just a moment. All right. All right. Welcome back to Diverse Joy after the break, everyone. Um, So... On the break, we just had a quick discussion. We wanted to, you know, remind all the listeners uh, that what we're doing here is n- not about tokenism. Right. All fat people everywhere did not elect <laughs> Amber to <'Cause> speak <laughs> on their <laughs>
0: As much as I want to be the spokesperson. <laughs> <laughs>
1: uh, now, of course, Amber also brought brought in research, which mm. reflects more rep- representative population and mm. sharing opinions with others. But with everything on the show, when we're talking about our experiences or or these experiences, we're speaking for ourselves. Um, and never put the pressure of speaking for a whole community on any one member of that community. And we just want to acknowledge that and, and make sure that we're always standing up for that. Absolutely. So now we're going to go into story time yes. Continuing sharing some of Amber's Experiences yeah. So so we always uh, try to do a more uh, Difficult or or negative Story where yeah. th- maybe things didn't go <laughs> In an mm-hmm. ideal way mm-hmm. uh, And then we follow it up with a more Positive story because yeah. we're always looking For the end goal with this podcast To be uplifting, to be Something's joyful yeah. To remember there are Good and better ways to do things yeah. Even yeah. when we sometimes talk about difficult topics Absolutely Um. So Amber, I believe you have two stories. Yeah.
0: Yeah. So we kind of ended on talking a little bit, like I mentioned healthcare. Um, and so my first story was um, I, I was went to this doctor um, because I had a, a head assist. I had a lump on my wrist, which um, I, I get every so often just under the skin. Um, usually it's just like a buildup of fluid and it comes into this like little like bump on my wrist. And so I went to the doctor and just said, hey, I think I have a birth assist. I think that's what this is, but I just wanted to, it's it's taking a long time for it to go away. I just want to get it checked out. Again, I've had them before. This was just happened to be the first provider that was available. So I just made the appointment. It wasn't like the person I typically see. And she proceeded to ask me my whole history, um, specifically asked me what my weight journey was. And I thought Mm. that was a very, Interesting question. No, if I was establishing care, like, it makes sense. Um, But this was just a, like, you know, again, a one-off, like, (laughs) appointment um, for my wrist, which I had established um, when I went in there. And so she asked me my weight journey. And um, at the end, and I was trying to give her context and more history about this lump. (laughs) And um, (laughs) at the end, uh, she just said, okay, so um, I think you need bariatric surgery. And I was wait, what? <laughs> um,
1: <laughs> That's kind of junk. Wait, uh, like,
0: first of all, wait, what? <laughs> I was so taken aback um, because I obviously wasn't there for. My anything that had anything to do with my weight, right? And, and for
1: the listeners, bariatric surgery is
0: Yeah, it's it's the probably the most in you know invasive form of weight loss surgery. Okay. Um and so there are there are many levels and different styles, like the sleeve and the bypass kind of shrinks your your stomach down to a very, very small size um and kind of cuts that off so that you can't you won't absorb as much um, so that you can oh. lose a lot of weight now uh, people lose hundreds of pounds on it and um you know it's 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 also life-saving is necessary for folks and also like again um she didn't ask me if I was trying to lose weight <laughs> if oh. I didn't have any health conditions that needed to be addressed by weight and I also wasn't there for it, um, and so it was. It was interesting because I, I have a cousin who used to call it the broken finger syndrome, uh, and which is like he's he's a person of size, and he would go to the doctor, and every single time it was about his weight, even if he went in for a broken finger. That right. was like if I was thinner, didn't doesn't necessarily mean I wouldn't break my finger, right? Oh, I, when
1: you said broken finger <laughs> mm-hmm. syndrome, I thought of the joke where the guy it hurts when I touch here, and it hurts when I touch here, and it oh. hurts when I touch here, and the doctor's <laughs> like, yeah, that's because you have a broken, you have a broken
0: finger <laughs> no, no, no. But, no 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 okay <laughs> more, uh, now i have more a new that... association with that idea. all right <laughs> more of that like i go in for a broken finger and all of a sudden it's about my weight right yeah. and that's exactly what happened to me yeah
1: well and i'm so sorry it sounds like this doctor kind of took a look at you yeah based on appearance was like yep. oh she needs let's, to let's go all this. the way to bariatric surgery yeah let's, let's, Ye- like that's that just seems like Ugh, right. Such a jump.
0: And even if it was something that like I, I had to address or for whatever reason, there are lots of steps to take before going to a conversation about bariatric surgery, let yeah. alone on the very first time you meet them. So um, mm. I think, again, it was and and I even remember her saying, like, people should be thin. <laughs> and I was like, <laughs> what? <laughs> Okay um and so and, and I'm not saying that, that every doctor or every person in the medical system not. feels this way this was just my experience with this particular practitioner um and I hear lots of of fat bodied folks that don't like going to the doctor because they're concerned Absolutely. that it will be a broken finger syndrome and also I mean being too thin
1: or being thin uh <laughs> sorry we had sorry, a little dog squeak <laughs> uh being thin, Thin or too thin right. also has lots of health problems Absolutely. associated with it, and especially historically right. was a big problem.
0: Right, and it's also you know again there's a misperception that if you're thin then you're healthy. Um. Yeah. So I, I,
1: I don't I don't know exactly where I define myself now, but uh, for much of my life I was very thin mm-hmm. and. Probably not very healthy.
0: <laughs> right, 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 and like you know, again, it just perpetuates socially and from lots of perspective lots of spaces to do things that aren't healthy to to maintain a, s- a specific body weight too. Um, so yeah, I-, I think that that is. Uh, and not an uncommon, unfortunately, experience in the medical system, um, whether it manifests exactly like that or not. Yeah. But there are times where it can be positive. Yeah, yeah. exactly. And and I think um, my current physician, it was probably the most positive experience I ever had because I was Aww. like, all right, I'm establishing care. I have to like get my head ready to like answer all the questions about my weight and like pull on the
1: armor for the <sighs> battlefield of yes, having this conversation. Yes.
0: And having to do the whole thing. And, um and I've always been very like comfortable in my body and my size. I've always been plus size and, um but, but having, it can be very triggering <laughs> going to the doctor and then like having every yeah. single thing point back to that. So I was gearing myself up for it. And, she had the a very positive approach, um, and really took a health at every size perspective, which is growing in the medical community, which is lovely. But really, how she talked about it was like, "Hey, you know, I do have to ask about weight, but I ask every single one of my patients about you know how they feel about their weight, what they do to maintain um, activity and and their diet." And she said, and when I say diet, I don't mean like dieting and just like, what do you eat? And so she did such a beautiful job of, first of all, just normalizing it. Like, I'm not only asking you about your weight. She's just said, I just want to know what your activity like, What do you do every day? What kinds of foods do you eat? So she normalized it, made it very benign. Um, and then when we talked about like... You know my plans moving forward. It wasn't about weight loss, um, even though I technically fall in like an obesity, ca- you know, category. My BMI, which is a whole other thing. When yeah. we talk about <laughs> bias in the healthcare system, um, BMIs and things like that that are are not meant for everybody and they're faulty and yeah. and don't work don't work. Um, but she talked about like okay, like let's just what are the, what, what's, what are your goals? And like, let's make some goals towards, towards that. And I was like, I just care about being healthy. And she's like, that's all I want for you too. And talked about like, um okay, well, what do you want? And she's like, and I was like, well, I don't know. I was thinking about just walking. She's like, great. Next time I see you, like, you know, have, make sure you've taken some walks (laughs) you know like okay and like every time I go in even if I've lost like a pound or I've maintained or anything like that she doesn't one overly focus on my weight and second when I have made any minor success she overpraises me and as a behaviorist (laughs) as a a clinical psychologist I'm like oh right praise works (laughs) like that does feel really good it feels good to like have you praise like my small progresses and not like, progress and and not shame me for having only lost a pound in three months or having not lost any weight. But she praises that like I am care about my health overall um, and not overly focus on the weight. And that was it has been and continues to be one of the most positive experiences I have Aww. in the medical well, system. Well, that's good. Yeah. Well, I'm
1: glad you you had the counterpoint to that Yeah. Bad story. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> well, awesome. Mm-hmm. Well, thank you for sharing, as yeah, always. Absolutely. Um so uh, our, our next segment is the the audience question yeah. and, and the way we're doing this, we, we have a, a battery of questions and we right. try to kind of pick from them. If there's one that happens to fit the theme of the episode, go for that. Right. Uh, and, and that's what we've done today. And I, I want to encourage anyone listening yes. if you have questions or ideas or, or, or things that you wonder about that you'd like to hear us talk about, please uh, go to DiverseJoy.com and you can you can submit comments and questions there uh, and, and we'd love to hear that. We'd love to hear from you. now Now this one uh, is a little of a bit of an amalgamation from um, something that I've actually overheard people say and talk about. Yes. So uh, when oh. things like body positivity movements come up right. or, uh, you know, all bodies and and, and so on, uh, people say things like, well, you know, I want to be supportive of bigger folks. You know, I, I like this whole idea of body positivity, but... <laughs> But isn't being overweight bad for your health? Right. Like I always get stopped by that. Like, aren't you just supporting someone in being unhealthy? Right. Um, and, and that that uh is is a question I have definitely heard yes. uh, in in my experience giving bias trainings and then people asking, like, well, is weight bias really bad? Right. Because isn't being overweight unhealthy. Right. So isn't that the same as having a bias against like smoking?
0: Right. <laughs> or or what have you. Um yeah. and uh You have thoughts. I have lots of thoughts. (laughs) Um, First of all, there again, what's underlying that assumption is that, like, somebody who's overweight is not healthy. Um, And it's not actually true, right? Like, health. And so the the movement, first of all, is moving towards this idea of health at every size. Um, And the other part of that is that, like, um, when somebody says, well, but you, you need to be healthy, the underlying assumption, again, is that, like, well, you're fat, therefore you can't be healthy. Um, and there's a value in that. The value is valuing thinness, mm. <laughs> right? It's still centering what Ideal body looks like and should look like, um, and that and the and the correlation between
1: weight and health isn't right. what people tend to think it is.
0: Absolutely, again, when we, and when I the medical talk about research, mm-hmm, yeah. when we talk about the arbitrary like designations of obesity and whatnot are based on BMI, which isn't necessarily something that is. Um, well, well, decolonized and centered that can work for every everybody um, and everybody type, but it is <laughs> it's used in that way. It's used to as a designation, um, and we see that it's it's faulty. It doesn't work for everyone. And actually, I'm going to pull up this quote from um, Sonia Renee Taylor: "Body is not okay. an apology." Um, and I come back to this often, um, and she says. There is no standard of health that is achievable for all bodies. Our belief that there should be anchors the systemic oppression of ableism and reinforces the notion that people with illness and disabilities have defective bodies rather than different bodies. Equally damaging is our insistence that all bodies should be healthy. Healthy is not a state we owe the world. We are not less valuable, worthy or lovable because we are not healthy. Lastly, there is no standard of health that is actually achievable by all bodies, and that's what I come to. Right? Is like it's not. It's not something that everybody can achieve. Um, to Just because somebody's body is different, whether that be from an ability standpoint or a size standpoint, doesn't mean that they're not healthy either. Um, and how can we rethink what? That means. And so the medical system is, like I said, um, and moving even away from the idea of like body positivity or body acceptance, but again, recognizing that there's health at every size. And the biggest tenets of that is like looking at that there's natural diversity in body shape and size. That there's ineffectiveness and that it acknowledges the ineffectiveness and dangers of dieting for weight loss. Again, when we have this over, over perception on size and weight, then we are reinforcing the need to do crash diets and use things that are not healthy for you long term to maintain some ideal body weight. Um, it emphasizes the importance of like relaxed eating in response to our own internal cues right rather uh-huh. than a schedule or kind of this externalized um way of eating and um it also acknowledges the critical contribution of our social emotional and spiritual self as well as physical and health happiness which i think is just again it's such a holistic way of understanding weight and size and health that doesn't only center well you're at this BMI, therefore you must do whatever you need to, to, to decrease. Rather it's saying, let's take your whole self into consideration and find things that are going to be sustainable for you so that you can have a healthy life, not, not a skinny life.
1: <laughs> gotcha. Yeah. 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 I like that very much.
0: Yeah. 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 So uh, yeah, health at every size is um there's lots of new we can link maybe um some of the new Definitely. research and articles on health at every size that's coming out in the medical journals. Um, but yeah, that's I think that that's that's a that's the way that I like to think about it. Rather than saying, Oh, well, you're fat, therefore it's unhealthy and therefore I can't support you being fat, right? Yeah. <laughs> because it's like smoking. It's it's not, it's not yeah. the same.
1: Awesome. Perfect. Thank you so much. Yeah. Now I'm going to share one of those habit breaking yeah. skills. Sorry, I didn't throw back to you. Like no, what sorry. is our habit breaking skill today? Today we're going to talk about uh one of those kind of biased concepts. This is one of the things that uh is what keeps by bi- maintaining bias in our minds and our cognitive systems over time. Um so, you know, we we talk about biases as as habits of mind. That's part of the core of this whole idea of of the biased habit breaking training. Uh, and one of the things about habits is that we have the habits because our brain has figured out that it, it thinks it has a good way of doing something. Right. It's been reinforced over many times. And so it becomes more and more efficient. Right. And your brains, our brains really like efficiency and they want to maintain efficiency that they've achieved. Yep. And so when external information kind of challenges that, so, so some of the efficiency we're talking about here is, say, a stereotype. We think that's an efficient way to perceive someone uh, when that gets challenged, your brain kind of doesn't want to have to deal with that information. Uh, and it wants to maintain the habit it already has in place. And there are a number of ways that your brain kind of in, uh, avoids having to incorporate new information or give it its proper due. But but one of those is our concept for today, our skill for today, which is called confirmation bias. Right. It's something many of you listeners and viewers have, have maybe heard of before. It's something that people talk about colloquially a lot. Uh, but in terms 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 of how we're going to talk about it. So this is specifically about how we weigh different forms of information. And so when you have a pre-existing expectation, pre-existing notion, like a stereotype, Right. Uh, when you get new information, your brain uh, doesn't always balance different kinds of evidence equally. Right. Well, let's say that overweight people are are uh, unhealthy. Unhealthy, yeah. Um, so that, that let's call that the stereotype that if you're overweight, that means you're un- unhealthy. Well, right. as you go throughout the world, there are going to be uh, some overweight people who are unhealthy.
0: Unhealthy, yeah. Absolutely. When you
1: encounter that a person like that, uh, that's a piece of confirmatory evidence. Right. That it matches this expectation, this right. stereotype. Uh, but you're also going to encounter some overweight people who are very healthy. Right. Um, and that's a piece of disconfirmatory yeah. evidence. It doesn't accord with the stereotypical habit of mind. Right. And what ends up happening, ideally, for every one person, one overweight person who is healthy, and one mm-hmm. overweight person who is unhealthy, those are equal pieces of evidence. Right. You know. Um. But the way your brain actually stores and remembers that evidence, it right. weighs the confirmatory evidence more heavily. Right. This is yeah. something my research lab has studied a lot. Uh, mm-hmm. And in some of our research studies, that actually we can kind of translate it to a mathematical. Ratio. Wow. And that's a ratio of, of three to one. So mm. for every one mm-hmm. overweight person who is unhealthy, yep. it takes three healthy overweight people yep. to balance out that one example. Because yes. your brain weighs them uh, less heavily. Right. And hopefully, my way right of talking heavily. about it, like the weighing <laughs> and the heavily, right, doesn't right, get right. confusing with the weight example. Uh, I usually yeah. talk about it with sexual orientation or, or yeah, race stereotypes. Yeah. But but the point is uh, the way your brain gives attention to and, and holds on to that information is biased in favor of confirmatory evidence. Absolutely. And so what this means is if we're going throughout a world where as far as the actual people you're meeting, you know, the stereotypes are not true. Right. They're just maybe arbitrary. So like 50-50 chance that a given stereotypic expectation will be upheld or or disconfirmed. Right. uh, You end up believing the stereotype more and more and more because your cognitive systems are holding more onto those confirmatory pieces of evidence.
0: Right.
1: And this brings in uh, why why stuff like the recommendations we make at the end of each episode mm-hmm. uh, end up being so important because yep. if you're consuming media and having yeah. more positive interactions uh, with more people, more examples of people who counteract stereotypes, it's helping to work against this Absolutely. confirmation bias tendency. Yeah.
0: Well, and, and yeah, we've talked a lot about that. It's like how you know I think one of the last episodes we talked about. I was talking about that self-assessment piece, right? And like recognizing where are where are some of the areas that maybe I have some reactions to and intentionally, going back to another past episode, but intentionally increasing my um, awareness and exposure to things that disconfirm maybe my bias yeah. um, and things around weight and health, right? Like there's this... Um, uh, Uh, woman and i'm not gonna remember her last name but jessamine she does um yoga yoga for everybody so like Hmm. everybody um and she is in a plus size yoga like master um and does inversions and everything but it just just again it just confirms this idea that because you're fat you can't do yoga you can't you're not healthy right and so yeah absolutely coming back to like all of our recommendations, one, are ways to in, in um, enjoy yourself, right? And in, yeah. increase joy, but also ways, and also not but, um, but uh, also find ways to, you know, expand our experience and disconfirm those, yeah. those, the things that we more easily can um, confirm with confirmation bias. So, yeah. 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 Yes. Hey everyone, Amber here with a quick note. Later in this episode, you'll hear me recommend the prime video show called Watch Out for the Big Girls. It's a reality show that stars Lizzo in search of backup dancers. Now, since the recording of this episode, some of Lizzo's backup dancers have actually filed a lawsuit against her for harassment. And we've been keeping a close eye on what's happening and how that's progressing to decide whether or not to include that part of this episode. However... As of the release of this episode, motions are still being filed and it hasn't moved to court yet. So while we obviously stand with victims of harassment, with this episode being about weight bias specifically, we decided to keep that recommendation in because of the representation of body positivity and the celebration of big girls that it is. Now, on with the episode. All right, so...
1: As always, to end every episode, we uh, bring in some kind of recommendation, something that's bringing us joy that we think might also bring you, our listeners and viewers, uh, a a bit of joy, some joy we can share. Yeah. So you have a recommendation for today.
0: Yeah, and it's fun today. And we don't always have all parts of what we talk about, like kind of on one theme. theme, But my recommendation today is totally on theme of like body... um, Radical love and acceptance and body size, um, and that is Lizzo's. Watch out for the big girls, Yay, yeah, Lizzo. Um, uh, Lizzo is queen. Yeah. I mean, I know you know Beyonce is queen too, but Lizzo, <laughs> Lizzo is my queen. I feel well. I feel
1: like we're 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 just cliche millennials, I, like because it's like oh Lizzo, 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 uh, goddess. Oh my gosh, so uh. good.
0: Um, I got to see her in concert recently, and it was amazing. Oh, I hate you! <laughs> um, I was so good. It was so good. Wow. Um, but yeah, Lizzo's watch out for the big girls. It's on Prime. Um, and it is her like reality, like um uh, game. It's not a game show, but you know, a show where she is choosing her new backup dancers. Ooh. So she is one of the first like artists to like have like an all plus size. Backup dance crew, and she started off saying like, "I really want like plus size, like I want big girls to be my backup dancers." Yeah, and I had a really hard time finding professional dancers that were plus size. So she started getting those that were a little bit more had that were thickums, you know. Um, <laughs> but she was like, "I want, I want big girls," and that's the name of her dance crew, or the big girls. And so it just goes through. She brings folks in, they audition, and then they go through a series where they have it's a competition series right and so they do competitions and different things and folks get you know kind of eliminated along the way and then she chooses her final crew that they get to go to um, Bonnaroo with her and Ah. um, and many of them are like now on tour with her and Uh so like going to her concert and being able to see them like you get to see them on stage yeah, yeah you get to see them on stage it's so cool like contestants like Jayla shout out Jayla if you happen to be listening I don't think you are but if you are that'd be so cool um, and it's really cool to just like Aww. watch them um, after you've seen their whole journey. Yeah, definitely check it out. Say, especially uh, if you what, like what's it Lizzo. Called again? It's called Lizzo's Watch Out for the Big Girls. Watch Out for and the Big Girls. It is streaming on, on Prime.
1: Streaming on Prime. Oh, yes. I, so I've never seen it, but I'm so excited. So good. Anything so with good. Lizzo, I'm there. Yes, it's amazing. <laughs> oh,
0: that's awesome. Yeah.
1: All right. Well... I'm Dr. William Cox. And I'm Dr. Amber Nelson. And produced by Eric Roman Bining with music by Jay Arner. Diverse Joy is consumable as either an audio-only podcast or a video podcast, both accessible at DiverseJoy.com. Diverse Joy is the official podcast of Inequity Agents of Change, a nonprofit devoted to the dissemination of evidence based approaches to reduce bias, create inclusion, promote equity, and enhance diversity. Mm. All that great Jedi, Jedi work. work.
0: <laughs>
1: <laughs> Learn more at biashabit.com. Thanks for listening. Bye. Perfect. Awesome. How do you feel about it? Good. That's like it.